Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system and more than just a health system, it's really a system of looking at life. The word Ayurveda literally means the knowledge of life. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For Love of Money. I'm really excited because I get to sit down today with someone who has quickly become a good friend, Sahara Rose. Now, Sahara Rose is the Ayurveda expert. I mean, she literally wrote The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. And if you're wondering, what in the heck is that? You're about to find out. And trust me, you want to know because it affects everything you do, including how you attract and manage your money and how you run your business. So this episode, it really is about to be a game changer for you because so many things are about to make sense to you, things that you've always wondered. Now, speaking of your business, one of the best ways to succeed is to get into my mastermind. I'm going to be real with you. There's way too many masterminds popping up out there, and not all of them are created equal. If I'm really being real and telling you like it is, like I always do, Here's the bottom line. There are way too many people running a mastermind just because it sounds like a popular idea right now, yet they don't know how to create collaboration. They don't know how to create growth. They don't know how to create breakthroughs. And they certainly don't have access to all of these celebrity entrepreneurs and game-changing, legendary, best-in-the-business teachers that I do. This is one of the things that I love more than anything else in the world that I do. Picking the right 30-some people for 2019, making sure that they are the perfect personalities that are going to support each other, and making sure the end result is explosive, explosive, explosive business growth by the end of the year. So listen, if that's what you want, if you want in on this, I don't choose the people with the biggest businesses. I don't choose the people with you know the most momentum. I choose the people that are the absolute perfect fits. And you don't know if you're the absolute perfect fit or not. As long as you are a multiple, multiple six-figure entrepreneur or seven-figure entrepreneur, and you want to learn how to get into the multiple seven-figure range year after year after year after year, this is for you. You got to go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Again, that is fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Check it out, read the details and apply. Do not let any of that negative self-chatter start getting into the back of your mind. You deserve to apply. I'm right now giving you that loving nudge to go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm pushing you to go apply because I want to have a conversation about your goals and see if you are a great fit for this room. fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. I'm filling the 2019 mastermind right now and you could be in it. All right. So I'm about to rock your world. Matter of fact, I'm not about to, but Sahara Rose is about to rock your world because she's going to make so many things make sense for you. She is the two-time, two-time best-selling author on books that are centered around this practice of Ayurveda, which you will learn in the interview is actually a sister practice to yoga. Matter of fact, you're about to learn so many things, it's going to blow your mind. If, you, if you're wondering what Ayurveda is, not only are you going to learn what it is, but get ready because... 
everything's about to make so much more sense to you, especially around your money patterns and your business habits and why you do the things you do and what you can do to change it. I mean, have you ever noticed that oftentimes something that works for one person doesn't seem to necessarily work for you, even though you're following the instructions and doing it right? You're like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. And Sahara is actually about to make that make sense for you. You're about to learn how to eat for success, how to hire the right personalities that will complement you for success, and how to better manage your money and your business based on which one of these Ayurvedic types that you are. So get ready, listen up. I promise you, this episode is a game changer. Sahara Rose, my friend, how the heck are you? Oh, so good. I'm so excited because I literally listen to your podcast more than I listen to my own. So I'm going to be freaking out when I re-listen to this. You have I'm such no a fan idea of how much that means to me. Seriously. <laughs> and it's such an honor to be on your show too. As a matter of fact, everyone needs to go check out your show for sure. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, everyone loved you. So since I saw you last, which was when you were teaching at my mastermind, how cool is that? Actually, we've seen mm-hmm. each other a couple times since, but that was the, the significant time we got to really connect. You've just been killing it. Like new book out, everything. Is it going well? Yeah. Yeah, just been going for it. I have my new Abundance Mindset Masterclass out, which is very fitting for this conversation. And yeah, just been, you know, doing doing my Dharma, doing my purpose. Oh my God, I'm so... I'm not, I'm not in position to be proud of you, but I'm proud for you. How's that? Thank you. I love it. Okay, so when I do my interviews, I start with rapid fire. It's a fun way to kind of help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And if oh, something I, I know. really I cool comes up... Yeah, you know, you know the drill. <laughs> so you're totally down for it, right? Yes. All right, let's do this. And you know I start easy. Matter of fact, you probably have these questions memorized at this point. Where'd you grow up? In in Boston. Oh, congrats on your big win. I, are you a sports fan or no? Not really. Okay, but so then you're like, eh, whatever. So, <laughs> and where do you live now? I live in Santa Monica. Like you're my neighbor, basically. Yes. And what's your favorite quote? Mm, uh, my favorite quote is just be authentic. It's not really a quote, but it's just what I live by. Yeah, it's a quote and it's a, a hell of a, a good a good piece of advice. So what's your superpower? My superpower is my idea to take action on my ideas and see them through. Oh, I love that. Lori and I are idea machines, but we can't see them through. So thank God we have a staff or like a team to help make that happen. We would be yeah. nothing without our team. Yeah. What's one of your favorite books? Um, I love the book Shantaram. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah, it's a great book. It looks at it's an autobiography of this like convict who escaped from Australia and ended up on a boat which landed in India and basically he ended up in the slums and he had no money. He just had a first aid kit on him, so he kind of became like the doctor of the slums and then all these people started to come to him with all of these issues that they had. People needed help with childbirth, etc. And here suddenly he became this like doctor of the slum. And to have the, enough money for it, he started to deal drugs. So it's kind of the juxtaposition of, is it right or wrong when you're dealing drugs to help other people and just kind of like looking at duality and, and letting go of judgment? Ooh, that sounds so good. I love when we go down that rabbit hole of looking at duality and you know judging somebody for something that shows up in your paradigm is wrong, but in their paradigm, it's right. That's a rabbit hole we could totally Totally go down. I'm going to have to check that book out. What's, yeah. what's one thing you're challenged by right now? I think work-life balance is always really hard for me because, you know, with 
these great things called telephones, it's like you're always on. And that makes it great because then you can like go out and, you know, do things in your day, but then you're still on. So where does the line come in? Like we've all had these fantasies of like working from the beach, but that's the thing. Every time you're on a beach, you're working. So that is always something that I'm I'm dancing with. That's so funny, that visual of everybody's trying to sell the concept of work from where you want, work from the beach. And then the way you just said it, except now you're on the beach and you're working. It's so funny. Yeah. So much sense. What's your favorite advice or favorite speech you've ever given? My favorite advice is like, I just see a lot of people with incredible ideas, incredible insight, but they are afraid of taking that action and they feel like they need to be ready to be ready. So really like when we both spoke at Pays to be Brave um, just this past week and I was just telling them like, just go for it. Like you are so ready. You are even more ready than 99% of the people who are taking action on this thing. And I think a lot of times when you're a self-aware person, you take that self-awareness and you almost use it as a crutch that, oh, well, there's still XYZ I need to know. You know how much you don't know and that can really hold you back. Mm, That is so freaking true. Who's someone who's changed your life? I mean, Deepak Chopra has radically changed my life. I literally walked up to him at a conference, a random person in a crowd of thousands of people. And I shared with him my book. And shortly after he wrote the forward now of both of my books, and we've done 31 Day Challenge together. And he's been a dear mentor of mine and like such a support. And he believed in me even before my first book came out. And you know, Deepak Chopra has changed a lot of people's lives, but he's really, really changed mine. And I'm forever grateful for him. Yeah. And like a really high touch way. That is so cool. One thing that you would change from your past. I know. Like I've listened to this question that you've asked people and there's really nothing I would change of my past. I feel like that's such a boring... That's such a boring answer. Like Everyone would say that, of course. Everything has turned out perfectly to be as it is. Um, But if I were to, maybe just if I had known things would have worked out, I would have gone through them with more courage and and less doubting myself, less just being anxious while doing the steps, just taking those steps without that. Mm, So true. I agree. A couple more. What is something generous that you've done recently? Uh, well, I sponsor a child and a grandmother in Cambodia, and I love doing that. And I really want to go visit them um, because, you know, in Cambodia, there was a massive genocide that happened, and a lot of their culture was ruined. And I love sponsoring this mother, um, this daughter, and this grandmother because every month they send me what's going on in their lives and pictures, Aww. and I send them back. And it's just an incredible, you know, it's something that the moment that I started making money, it's like the first thing I did. Oh my God, I love that. I absolutely love that that generous soul that you have. And last rapid fire question is this, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for really the opportunity to full-time be doing what I love because for so long, I thought that maybe this would have to be a side gig for me. Maybe you know, this whole like purpose thing was something that they tell you in school, but it's not something that actually happens. Um, So the fact that I'm able to every day fully devote my time to that thing that really sets my soul on fire is such an honor and privilege that I have also co-created. You know, it's such an honor. There are so many listeners right now listening to you saying, thank you for acknowledging that because that's where I'm trying to get. And so by you getting there and then you saying, here's how I got there, which we're about to do, 
that helps every other person that wishes they were in that those shoes right now. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of where you are today and getting to work in your craft, your craft is a really niche craft, at least mm-hmm. to most people in the outside world, it seems to be really niche. And I didn't even know about it until I met you and started to learn from you. And it's freaking fascinating. So for those of you that don't know, um, or for those that don't know, catch us up. What is Ayurveda? Yeah. So Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system and more than just a health system. It's really a system of looking at life. The word Ayurveda literally means the knowledge of life. And it comes from the Vedas, which were the ancient texts that yoga comes from. And it's the sister science of yoga. So yoga, which we all know, nine out of 10 Americans has practiced yoga at this point, is actually a spiritual practice. Most people think, oh, I'm just going to get more flexible to deal with my anxiety. If you're practicing yoga for a mental or physical reason, it is actually Ayurveda that you are practicing. So Ayurveda is the practice of balancing the mind and the body and looking at it from real bio-individuality that, you know, the diet for one person, meditation for one person, even money advice for one person will not work for another because essentially we're all born with with our own fingerprint, our own deck of cards. And that makes us process the world, process our foods, process everything in our unique ways. And Ayurveda helps you really dive into that, understand yourself so you can make the right choices for you. Oh my God, that is awesome. I didn't know that that is a sister practice to yoga. That's fascinating. Yes, they were always meant to be practiced side by side. That's very cool. All right, so you mentioned that what works for one person may not work for another. Take us a little bit further down that rabbit hole. Why is that? Yeah. So let's frame the conversation obvious around around money. So as we all know, we've read different financial advice, we've read different money books, and you know, some are all about saving. Some of them are saying, Oh, well, if you want to be abundant, you better spend more than you're making because that's sending out a message to the universe that you're (laughs) worth it. And you know, it's like the polar opposite. So it can be really confusing what to do. And the thing is, none of those pieces of advice are incorrect. They're just different for different people. So just like we're born with different body types, we're also born with different mental characteristics. And as children, I mean, you're able to see that some kids are more adventurous, some kids are more personal, some kids are more creative. Well, this also reflects in the way that we act with money. So I break it down into three types, which are based off of the Ayurvedic archetypes. So that's the air type, the fire type, and the earth type. So some of us have a more airy relationship with money, which we can talk about. Some of us more fiery and some of us more earthy. So if I said, Chris, I feel like I have a really airy relationship with money. What do you think that means? Kind of flighty, kind of like you don't really care if it comes or goes. Maybe you don't necessarily take really good care of it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that airy person like tends to do for work? Oh, probably. God, I don't want to stereotype. You're going to get me in trouble here. Maybe they're like a yoga practitioner. Maybe they're like some spiritual coach. Maybe there's something like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, Ayurveda is all about judging people. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. We're going to judge just for 45 minutes, then we're done again. Because really, we're all seeing these characteristics. So, the airy person, they're probably more creative or they're doing something that's out of the box. They're eccentric. And that's really their superpower, their their creativity, their insight, their downloads, essentially. They're very connected to to the air, the space, the energy, the movement. Um, They're very intuitive. So, Money is something that really corely is energy. So for them, oftentimes they can either have a really great 
a great practice around money and really see it as energy as something that they can get on the right side of. Or most of the time, the stories, the limiting beliefs, the childhood-like experiences has crafted that story to be money is heavy. Money is going to make me unspiritual. Money is going to get me off my high enlightened horse and I don't want to deal with money. So they do things like donation-only yoga or they work with everyone for free and they think that that actually is making them a better person. But all that's doing is preventing you from doing that work full-time. Whoa. That is like a, a slap right across the uh, a wake up call to a few people. Yeah, and I've, so I've, I've, dealt, I've dealt with it myself too, so I I know what it's like. And the thing is, if you really like, I'm for sure a spiritual person, a spiritual teacher, but if you really look at back in the day, these monks would get everything handed to them. They did not have to work. They would have food. They'd have everything given to them. They were actually not even part of society. So yes, they could just sit and meditate all day and do their donation-based everything because there was no actual need for money. But if you are on a householder path, which means you want to you know, live in society, maybe have a family, etc., you need to have money. It's necessary, especially to do the things that you want as a conscious person, to eat those organic foods, to take those yoga teacher trainings and go to sound baths and meditations and you know, live a life that actually used to be free now costs a lot of money. You know, to have to grow your own food and to have that amount of space and freedom, that costs a lot of money. So you can keep on your story that money is gonna make me heavy, it's gonna be grounded, it's so icky, it's it's disgusting. And you're not gonna be able to really actualize your highest self and you're gonna remain playing small with the other people who are, you know, actually trying to sell things to each other, but no one has fully owned that they're in pursuit of this money. So it also becomes this weird, like kind of they're selling things to their friends because they're not going after it full time. Have you seen that before with these kind of people? Oh, totally. I love it. Keep going. This is so good. So it's almost like everyone they meet, they're trying to sell something to because they're not owning that they want to do this as their career. So if you can own that money is something that I need for me to live my most spiritual, conscious, wellness-oriented life, then you can go after creating systems for it. So if we look at the chakras, the energy centers in the body, this vata type, this air type, they're really up in the crown. They're really up in the third eye. They're receiving ideas. They, they tend to have amazing ideas. If they actually actualize those ideas, the world would be such a different place. But they need to move it through the body, through the solar plexus, which is the chakra, the energy center that gets shit done essentially. So they need to put their work into the fire to create those systems to kind of go into the things that they've maybe shied away from. Maybe they've seen like their dad stress out about money and they've said, oh, I want nothing to do with that. That is exactly where they need to go. I mean, if you want to do shadow work, that's your work right there to go into your money story and to and to realize what is holding you back from that. And then if you want to be like a Oprah or Eckhart Tolle, et cetera, they, they are making money. They have money and that is why they're so big. So you have to realize that and bring it through the fire. And that is the next step for the air people to take. I love it. Okay. So you just said fire. Now tell us about the fire type. Yeah. So if someone has a real fiery relationship with money, what do you think that is? Like that Wall Street person who's loud and direct and, and they're just going to go chase it down and drag it back to the cave. 
Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think these kind of people do for work? You mentioned Wall Street. Yeah, totally. Wall Street, sales, um, money management, um, anything that is type A. Mm-hmm. Totally. You definitely see that in these sales conventions, which I'm sure you've been to tons of them. It's it's fiery in there. It's like everyone is just, you know, ready. It's so feels masculine. Like in a stadium. Yeah. So fire is that energy. And what do you think is the kind of the shadow side, the downfall of these super fiery people? Well, you know, they burn too hot and uh, they probably burn bridges, no pun intended. And, and they probably you know, burn relationships. And uh, that's so funny. I don't mean to keep saying burn, but you know, they're, they're running so darn hot and fast and loud that a lot of people won't be attracted to that, ironically. Exactly. And, and it's funny that we have the same words in the English language because we're actually noticing these patterns all the time, but we just don't have the vocabulary for it. So really this Ayurveda is just putting vocabulary to things that you've already been recognizing. So that fiery personality, they, they're go-getters, they get shit done. You can ask them at any point, how much money do you have in XYZ bank account? And they will know probably down to the dollar. They have you know like goals for each quarter and they reflect on those goals and they are so methodical with their money, which is an amazing thing and which is why they tend to be entrepreneurs because you do need to have an element of money management and delegation to be able to be in a position of power. So that's why you see them as the CEO, entrepreneurs, leadership type positions. But the opposite side of that is sometimes there's no ROI on your dreams. Whoa. You 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 can't put that into into a spreadsheet. You just have to go for it. Whoa. And oftentimes they are trying to to analyze and to to look at where the trends are going. And you can't do that on that thing that just makes you feel like this is why you're alive. So they oftentimes miss out on fulfilling their creative pursuits, on you know speaking at all these places. And we were talking about how Lori's going to all of these different book launch events. And maybe it doesn't make sense on paper, but it makes sense in the heart. And this is what the fiery types often miss out on. And not only does this make you miss out on money, it is leaving money on the table because people are emotional creatures, but it's making you miss out on your true purpose, which is why we are here. Mm, I love it. Okay. And then last but not least, the earth type. Yes. So if someone has a really earthy relationship with money, what do you think that means? Well, they're probably grounded. They're probably very careful of you know, managing it. They probably kind of collect or I don't want to use the word hoard, but they might even be, I don't know, they're just really down to earth and locked in with with the money, but sometimes to a fault. You nailed it. That's exactly what it is. You know, the earth is heavy. It is grounded. It is slow. And this is what earthy people are like with their money. They like to keep their money where they can see it. They probably just have it all in a savings account and have never invested. Whereas like fiery types, like from the time they went to prom, they've like started investing. Whereas kappas, like the earth types, they probably literally have like a box of money under their mattress. Oftentimes they'd rather know that they're receiving a paycheck than to go and do something on their own because there's too much risk and they don't like to deal with the risk. So they are really personal people. Um, Generally, they like to kind of work one-on-one with people, small settings. They really like to remain in control. They like to remain grounded. They don't like to have all of these different, you know, areas in their lives spinning out of control because that doesn't feel 
they don't feel empowered in that type of position. Whereas for the fiery people, that gets them really excited. And for the airy people, that's how their ideas come forth. But the earthy people, they they get into one-on-one coaching or, or small group settings and customer service, human resources. That's really where they thrive at. So in their relationship with money, they like to hold on to things generally. They can be hoarders. They can, you know just kind of make really, really conservative decisions with their money, again, because they, they don't want to jeopardize themselves. They want to remain close to earth. And again, that can hurt them, not just when they don't see their most creative dreams come true, but they're not living a life of purpose. They often will live someone else's purpose because it's easier, because it's a paycheck, because it's reliable than to go after that thing that really, really makes you feel alive because that's going to take, you know, stepping into the fire and also stepping into the air and dreaming. So where earthy people need to move is into the air. They need to start dreaming. They need to start thinking bigger for themselves. They can't have Gary V screaming on top of their heads because that's going to be too intense. They can't go to a Grant Cordo conference. That's going to be way too intense for them. They need to start dreaming. What would your, you know, your dream life look like? What would different like revenues of income look like for you? Just get into that state. And from that state where you're dreaming of the possibilities, that's when you can move into the fire. Now the fiery people, they need to move more into the earth. They need to move more into the sacred pause and the reflection. Because sometimes with the fire, you can be chasing goals. You can have different streams of revenue that are totally making sense, but maybe it's not where you want to be going. And, you know, Gary Vee once said, you, he is where he is because of the money that he's left on the table. So sometimes, you know, you may have a business that's totally filling up your bank account and paying your mortgage, but there's something else that's more creative for you that you want to be going to. And you can't immediately jump into that next thing. You need to move into the earth to to create that space, to create that separation. And in that space is where the true idea can come through. Okay. So just for the record, what are the official names for the air, fire, and earth types? So air is vata, fire is pitta, earth is kapha. Okay. So we are one of these, let's call it types. What are they called? Doshas? Doshas, Doshas. yes. Okay. So we're one of these doshas by default and we can't really change that. Is that correct? Yeah. And we can be a combination of two. You can't really be exactly three at the same time just because they're they're contradicting with each other. You can have different areas of your life that are more dominated by a specific one, but definitely your your money management side would probably be one or maybe two. Okay. And so here's my question. We're one of these types or one of these doshas by default. Is it our obligation to then try and dip our toes in or expose ourselves or play a little bit in the opposite dosha to even ourselves out? Or how does that work? Yeah. So I would say move just like we have seasons, move with the cycles. So if you are more airy, you have a lot of creative ideas, you don't know how to see them through, you need to move into the fire, getting shit done, putting something at stake because it's really easy to come up with a new idea when you don't have any money in the game. Now, if you're really fiery, you're you're creating businesses left and right. But if someone really asked you why, what is the point of this? What are you doing this for? You may not have an answer to that. And that is when you have to step into the earth to take a break, to just separate yourself from your laptop a little bit. And that's actually where your best ideas come through. It's never when you're sitting in front of your computer like, I need to get this shit done. 
It's when you take a walk. It's when you take a bath. So move into the earth. And if you're really in the earth, you're stuck. You're, you maybe don't even know what it is you really want. You feel just kind of stagnant in your life. Move into the air. So I know which one I am. Which one do you what think What are I you? Am? I think you're fire. Yes, totally. So I'm totally fire. But you just said something that I need to repeat so that everybody understands how real this is. All of my great ideas, all, every time I actually work something out, it does not come while I'm playing in my own fiery self. It comes on the walks that I take with Lori or when I go for the weekend to the forest or a cabin or to the beach or, you know, it's when I'm getting into that earth a little bit more that I finally have those breakthroughs and then I can bring them back and put some fire behind them. Does that make sense? Exactly. That's an exact example of how it happens because if when you're full of fire, it's really good at working through the task at hand. But sometimes when you're hitting the wall, you have to look at things from from a new perspective. And that's only going to happen to you when you allow the space to really look at it from a new angle. This is so fascinating because people are probably wondering, why is it so hard for me to break my money habits? And it's because, hello, it's like part of your DNA, basically. This is your default. Yeah. So can we break our habits? Or what? what are some tips that you have for us to be able to even out and thrive more with our money in our business? Yes. So again, it's going to depend on what your characteristics are. If you're really airy, money comes and goes. A really good example of this is Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson, obviously creative powerhouse. The history will forever know him for his artistic abilities. But as many of us know, he died in about $250 million of debt, though he had accumulated over uh, $1.2 billion in his lifetime, which translated to today's inflation would be several billions of dollars. So how can someone who is making, he was making on average, um, accountant said like between 150 to $200 million a year, but he was still spending about $120 million a year more than that. So how, like, how could this be that someone who's accumulating that much wealth is still spending more? Like, what could you even spend an extra $120 million a year on? Like more chimpanzees? Like who knows? <laughs> but but this is a perfect example of that of that air type, the Vata type, who has not healed himself. So he clearly had some sort of block that made him feel like holding on to all of this money is heavy, that he maybe doesn't feel like he's the right person to be able to manage it. He probably put people who used him into positions of money management who did not have his best interest in mind. And they also could probably see that he had no idea what was going on. This is why a lot of artists get used. Prince is another example. He was saying his manage his management was taking like fifty percent of everything because he he wasn't involved with the money side at all. So if you are this airy person, this was my my background. Absolutely, I would pretend like if I don't look at my bank statement, it's like it didn't happen. But what would end up happening is I'd have all these subscriptions I had no idea about. I'd spend money on things I didn't even know what the charge was. I try to Google it, I couldn't figure it out, and I would just end up paying for all of these things that I didn't even know what they were. Had I, you know, made dates with my bank account every week, that would not have happened. So you need to move into those more fiery personality traits, though you're still always going to be a creative person, but you need to be a little bit more grounded in your money approach. People's lives are going to change just because of everything that, that you explained over the last 20 minutes. So number one, thank you. Number two, how the heck did you get into this? Like, how did you discover that this is your passion? 
you know, honestly, it started because I needed it just like I needed the Ayurveda for my health. I then needed it for my money because when I was, you know, writing these books, I realized that authors do not make money on their books. In fact, you lose money on your books, especially if you're with a, like a big publisher because you have to pay for all of these things. So I was like, oh shit, now I hit my goal of being an author and I still don't know. Like I literally was like, okay, I guess my book's going to come out and I'm going to have to like go become a real estate agent or something. I had no idea what to do for money. So I had to heal my own money blocks and in healing them, I realized, oh wow, this is totally correlated with this exact science that I'm studying. Oh my God, fascinating. And then this turned into not only your study of this around money and around business, but around health and how to lead an extraordinary life, right? Yes. I mean, you can look at these these archetypes in every avenue, in relationships, in in creation, like creating an idea, you have to move it, which we spoke about during your mastermind. You have to move it through all three. You have to bring the idea, the air into the fire, the execution, into the reevaluation earth. So now I'm kind of looking at my life in these doshas and it's really just expanded my human experience. Ever since I've been aware of it, it's helped me with my overall human experience in every area as well, just so you know. So it's a gift. Great. I'm so glad. Yeah. No, seriously. I'm so, I'm so grateful that you share this with everybody because it makes so much sense once you hear it. So this is one of the things that's behind your second best-selling book. And let me just make clear, second best-selling book. Hello. Like, do you know how hard it is to get one? So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Eat, feel fresh. Tell me about the book. Yeah. So Eat, Feel Fresh essentially was my own approach to Ayurveda. My first book, Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, which was part of the Idiot's Guide series, was just really all about this system in terms of health, wellness, spirituality, etc. And then Eat, Feel Fresh was my unique approach based off of today's time. So we live in a very different time than ancient India, let alone 50 or 100 years ago. So I'm looking at it from today's perspective, how we're exposed to a lot of toxins, a lot of chemicals, etc. that we weren't exposed to before. So it takes these Ayurvedic guidelines, but really makes it work with today's busy lifestyle and, and modern needs. Oh my God, that's awesome. Who should buy this book besides everyone? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this book is really good for anyone who is maybe confused about what to eat and is looking for a more holistic approach that not only just looks at nutrition in the body, but also in the mind. It's essentially eating for your mental well-being as well, because these archetypes that we spoke about in terms of money, they also have different characteristics in, in terms of personality traits. So the airy person tends to have anxiety. The, the fiery person tends to have anger. The earthy person tends to deal with depression. So there are even foods that you can eat to counterbalance that. And this is going to directly affect your business, right? So here we are on an Entrepreneurs and Money Mindset podcast, yet what people forget, what they forget is they work their asses off, but they're putting the wrong damn fuel in their body. And now they have one more layer to be aware of, and that is your body requires different fuel than the person next to you. Oh, for sure. I mean, running on Red Bull to get your business off the ground can work at the beginning, but we're all in this for the long game. And your body is essentially your your office, right? You're creating your ideas in your in your office of your body. So you better keep that office on point if you want to be creating your best ideas. So if I want to kick ass every single day, let's use me as the guinea pig here. I'm yes. obviously a fire archetype. Yes. So what should I be eating? So you should be going towards more cooling foods. So I don't know, are you like a fan of spicy foods a lot? I'm a, a fan of salty and savory a lot. And I don't like or dislike spice. Like It's not like I, I go to the menu and I'm like, ooh, I'll take the number 10 out of 10 on the scale there. 
Um, so it's I'm into the like the the savory, salty with just a touch of spice and flavor. Okay. Well, that's good because a lot of the fire types love spicy foods and it's the worst thing for you. Ooh. Because, you know, heat creates more heat. So the people who are really fiery, they need more cooling foods, more coconut water, coconut oil, leafy greens, um, fruits, things that are going to cool down their body temperature. If you're eating a lot of spicy foods, it's like putting that flame on fire. And that's what makes you feel more on edge, agitated, impatient. Or if you're drinking a lot of coffee, it's like a stimulant. It's like pitta juice right there, fire juice. So it is at first making you feel more of the characteristics that you love about yourself, but actually you are running on overdrive. You're taking from your energy reserve that you could have been using that energy you know, towards healing your body and, and coming up with new ideas. That is so me. My God, this speaks to me because... I drink a ton of coffee. The first thing I do when I wake up, I want that coffee. Like I crave it because I love that it makes me feel like more me. You nailed it when you said that. Same thing. I've got these little healthy organic energy shots and I love taking them because they make me feel like more me. But what you're saying is I might actually need more balance instead of amplifying the already default version of me. Yeah, because it's really creating a synthetic version of you, right? You're already full of fire. You're full of energy. You're full of ideas. And this caffeine is essentially just a crutch that you are using that, you know, let's say you have a certain amount amount of oil in your gas tank and you're taking extra of it for this time, well, there's not more oil being put into that gas. That's the set amount that you have. So your body's going to have to compensate somewhere. And that's why people tend to crash and then they need another cup of coffee. And then that triggers adrenal fatigue, which is a massive issue that a lot of the fire types are dealing with when your stress levels have been up for so long that essentially there is no longer a stress response. Your cortisol has been up for so long that you're not even creating cortisol at this point. Your adrenals have become fatigued. And this is when real health issues start to arise. Oh my God. This is fascinating because I see so much of myself and what you're saying. Okay. So Mm -hmm. Let's talk about generosity for a moment. Do one of these doshas tend to be more generous than another? Yeah. So the earth types, they are the kind of people that they get a paycheck and the first thing they're thinking about is like Christmas gifts for other people and like taking care of others. So they're definitely the most generous. And what they really need to do is to fill up their own cup to empower themselves because when you can become empowered, you can give on a much larger scale. The thing is they they feel on their purpose when they're giving. That's part of why they're here. Again, think Oprah. She's such an, an earthy kapha person. She's always giving, you know, you get a car, you get a car, everyone gets a car. Like that is so her. That is such a great example of a kapha earthy person. But you know, Oprah had to definitely step into her fire to to create this incredible, and I know Lori's right now at the Oprah cruise, but to create this massive, you know, movement that is so much bigger than hers. And she definitely had a lot of pitta fiery people on her team to help get that done. Yeah. So you have to surround yourself kind of with the other doshas to be successful. Is that true? Oh, this is so massive for hiring and and HR because you definitely want to find out what someone's dosha is, their archetype before making a hire. Because if you're a really airy creative person, you don't need another airy creative person. You you need someone who's going to help you execute, right? And if you're looking for someone who's going to be doing your customer service, you don't want someone who's super fiery and on edge and going to like yell at them. You need someone who has these kapha, earthy, patient qualities. So definitely when 
when you are hiring, look for the qualities that you are lacking in and make sure that person has them. Oh my God, this is so good. This is going to change people's entire business and, and financial outlook just by listening to this one thing. So it, because you listen to the show a lot, you know, I typically ask people what their favorite moment of generosity or giving is. What's one of yours? You know, there's so many. I think going to India, I mean, how I found out about Ayurveda was I was teaching health and sanitation in the slums of Delhi and just going there every day and being in the slums and surrounded by people who literally live in probably some of the worst conditions on on earth, um, but they're still trying to improve themselves. They're meditating, they're making these little teas for themselves. It was so inspiring to see just human resilience and how we're always trying the best that we can, no matter where we are. Mm, I absolutely love that. All right. So I'm going to go get your new book for sure, because I absolutely want to learn how to eat. There's one at your house. Lori has one. Are you, does she have one? Yes. Okay. I'm not kidding. I'm tapping this thing right away. So I want to learn how to eat to better optimize my results. Like that's sometimes I feel like I bump up against a ceiling. And one of the things I have not explored is eating for my dosha in order to make sure that I can be my optimum, optimal version of myself day in and day out. And you know what they say is try something new to get new results, right? And so I feel like this is gonna be one of those little ninja superpower hacks. So, have you heard of Ashwagandha? Uh, no. Oh, I haven't heard of it? Yeah. Do, have I ever eaten it or taken it or anything that they know of? So that's going to be amazing for you and for a lot of people listening. So ashwagandha is an adaptogen. Adaptogen is an herb that adapts to what your body needs at this time. So if you take it in the morning and you take it at night, it's going to work differently on your body. So in the morning, it's going to give you more energy because that's what your body needs. At nighttime, it's going to make you more calm. The word ashwagandha actually means strength of a stallion in Sanskrit. So it's very, very powerful, not just for energy. And it was also used as an aphrodisiac, but it's really good for just balancing hormones in the body, cortisol, the stress hormone, um, and really just making making you the best version of yourself at any given time. So there's kind of no way to do it wrong because it's oh, it's a very intelligent herb. So you can kind of find it anywhere. Um, it's called ashwagandha. You know, what's funny is I'm familiar with adaptogens and, and I'm a big fan of the concept of what they do and how they work. I didn't know that that was actually one of them. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love that. Very cool. So I'm going to get your book. Where should everybody else get it? Yeah, so they can get Eat Feel Fresh, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever books are sold. And I have a quiz on my website, I am Sahararose.com. You can find out your dosha. I will send you a free mini quiz. And I have a podcast as well, which you were just on recently, Highest Self Podcast. And that's a good place to learn more about this, talk a lot about consciousness as well, and connect with me on Instagram at I am Sahara Rose. And if you heard me on this podcast, shoot me a DM. I would love to hear from you. I love that. Make sure that you guys go follow her and shoot her that DM. She is she's one of those people that responds and gives great advice. Tapping in her podcast is a game changer. Go listen to the episode that I was on. It's like the more that you can just tap into a brilliant human being like Sahara, the better. And that's that's no BS. You've already and how long have I known you now? Maybe a year, year and a half? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Already in that short amount of time, you've made such a big difference in, in our lives. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, same. Likewise, I'm such a fan of you guys and so appreciative of everything that you're putting out there. So last question. I'm sure you know what's coming up. And it is this. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success or wealth? Because that is why you're here to become your highest self. 
Oh, short and sweet. You're full of like face slap wake up calls, aren't you? <laughs> They're just coming through. They're not coming from me. Uh, I freaking <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. All right, Sahar, I can't thank you enough, not just for what you do for, for Lori and I, but for kicking out the content that you do on a regular basis. People don't realize how much goes into putting out really good life-changing content, not just more garbage like we're seeing out there, not just more noise like we're seeing out there. And you're one of the few people that is kicking out absolutely like rare life-shifting content. And I'm just so grateful for all that you do. Oh, I'm just a reflection of yourself. So thank you so much. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.